Welcome to 7 Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I'm Edwin. And I'm Sam. For the past seven days, I have selected a game called The Bonfire 2. Oh. Uncharted Shores. The Bonfire 2 Uncharted Shores is a sequel of the 2018 game, cleverly named The Bonfire, from... Forsaken Lands. Sam, you forgot the little, little <laughs> oh, tagline. Oh, that's right. Forsaken, Forsaken Lands. Lands. That's Uncharted right. There was Shores. a little tagline. Forsaken Lands. Oh, well, they have the same uh, syllabalistic uh, flow to it. Uncharted mm-hmm. Land. Sure. Forbidden Lands. For- Forbidden Lands. Forcharted Lands. Forcharted Shores. Um, let me read you the App Store mm. description. I would like that very the much. The Bonfire. Pocket Gamer gave it a 4.5 out of 5. All right, that's spoiler. Build, survive, explore. Build, craft, gather resources during the day and survive monsters and raiders at night in this survival strategy game. Sequel to the award-winning game The Bonfire, Forsaken Lands. Lands. The Bonfire, Uncharted Shores, expands on every aspect of the original and brings greater depth. More bonfiring than ever before. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of columns as well. (laughs) Uh, Design your city, manage resources, chains, and workers with unique personalities. Explore procedurally generated world map and ships trade with free cities and discover mysterious dungeons. Build a powerful city and gain magical artifacts to defeat an ancient evil. Sounds like there's a lot going on, Sam. There is a lot going on. um, And I feel like uh, my experience with the game so far is just a tip of the iceberg, which is which could be both a very daunting. It's a pebble on the shore of unforsaken, unchartedness, unchartedness. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, we. In case you might have not been following, we did review the first version of this game, uh, the uh, unchart. Uh, what is it? The bonfire on. Forbidden Lands. <laughs> wow. <laughs> People just call it Bonfire Forsaken 1, Bonfire lands. 2. Yeah. Bonfire 1. Uh, and if you want to perhaps listen to that, I think we gave it a pretty good score, if I recall. Yeah, this sounds like a definite a Sam game. Um, maybe it's a me game I, too. I think you selected it mm-hmm. because of the unique property that Zygma Games is a indie game studio that's based in Bangalore, India. I'm, I feel like you're the one that told me this, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this seems like very much the Sam game. Maybe I surprised you with. Uh, I think you did. Game. I think yeah. he said this is a Sam game, and I'm going to select it for you. Um, <laughs> this sort of expands on every aspect of the game of the first one. The first game was a. It was kind of like a two dimensional side scrolling game, but not really a side scroller. It was like a sim building. Uh, it was like a city building thing, but it was all in like this two D perspective from the side view. So when you build a house, you just build it on like one plane of view. Um, and you go through like the same things. Like first you have to build a house. You have to build like a carpentry place to build tools. Um, you know, you start with like a bonfire, which sort of starts you off. And then you people the are attracted to the bonfire and they come join your house. But you need space in your house in order for you to, you mm. know, house these people and when it's like the the nighttime cycle, like, you know, these big spiders come along everyone so often and then like you have to fight them off, make sure your people are nicely healed. Um, and so, yeah, so this version, Bonfire 2, kind of expands on all that, but also makes it in 3D. You have the third oh. dimension now Whoa. and gives it that isometric view that you're very familiar with, with games like SimCity or any other city building game. 
you can place your house, plop it down, watch it grow. And, you know, your city gets bigger and bigger. It gets livelier and livelier. More people are attracted. You start to build defenses and resources and then kill those pesky spiders. And then use their legs as uh, some kind (laughs) of... houses. Yes, houses, yes. Build a church with it. Right, I mean, a giant spider's leg has quite a lot of structural integrity. And there's meat that you can eat from the spider's leg, oh, right? Okay. I assume. Oh, it's, I'm sure it's kind of like crab meat, if you think about <laughs> like it. Those big king crabs. <laughs> this is a all in all a pretty complete sim game. By sim, I mean like a you know, like you know those sim games that you see, like Sim City, Sim Tower, Sim Hospital, sim, Theme Park, the Sims, the Theme Park, right? Theme Park Builder. Yes. All that kind of stuff, except um has like a unique twist where every night uh, you need to sort of ward off against the predators that are around in your area. I think initially they start off like pretty innocent uh, <laughs> with like wolves and stuff, but I think it starts to get into like the supernatural stuff pretty soon, which I Ooh. haven't got into just yet. No, I just have spiders and... Oh wait, I think spiders was the first bonfire. Bonfire 2 is wolves, right? Wolves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All I see are wolves. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so how did you get along with this game, Edwin? I will admit that I kind of struggled to find the differences between Bonfire 2 and Bonfire 1. Like, a lot of this felt very familiar. Like, I know the show notes, uh, I know the App Store notes, and you mentioned that the other one was in 2D and this was in 3D, but my brain really doesn't remember and Mm. i don't feel like i noticed like oh my gosh suddenly there's a whole new d um so i felt like it's like okay (laughs) oh yeah we've got a bonfire got to build the houses um yeah i didn't really notice much of a difference uh in in the gameplay it felt a lot like uh bonfire one right um that said it's very it's a very it's a surprisingly deep game like there is a lot of sub menus and little like micro management that tools you can, you can yeah. do yeah uh i think broadly speaking i found it and i found like there's kind of a disconnect between planning your whole village and building roads and managing your resources but also then going down like at the per person level deciding what they're carrying in their pocket right. and managing exactly what they're doing at all times those two things kind of felt like at odds in terms of how I was thinking about the game. Like, am I just building my city or am I looking after Vivek and his uh, strong power, but also laziness. So he needs to uh, level up his agility uh, and improve his uh, targeting and build him a crossbow so he can shoot wolves. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like um, it kind of tries to do a lot of stuff, which I appreciate about this game. Like I think, yeah. It's very ambitious in, in what it tries to do. And I think most of it is actually hitting hitting things on the mark for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I like this aspect of a potentially deep, diveable game that's in the pocket, that's in my pocket, right? Like, <laughs> if I have the time and the attention to dive into it, it allows me to, like, micromanage every aspect, right? Like, oh, like... Like you said, like Vivek or Rama has a <laughs> strong personality. So I would like to put this, like, I would like to put the sword or something in this person and like equip this person so they can defend our night, right? They can defend the village at night. 
But at the same time, it allows me to be a bit more casual about it and just like let it flow, right? Where yeah. I don't really need to pay attention and just like watch the city grow. Um, and I think those are the two aspects that I really appreciate. And like kind of the aspects that I really try to look for in mobile games where there are these like brief moments of detailed micromanaging that makes it feel like a complete game. But at the same time, you only have about five to 10 minutes of attention that you can give a mobile game at a time before you switch over to something or like you get a message um, that allows you to have it be casual. And I think these are really, really hard things to balance. I think this game kind of gets there, but I think because these elements are there, I think it sometimes fights with itself because of it and loses the focus of like what you're trying to do. I also found it difficult to know if I was doing the right thing. I mean, maybe mm. that's just part and parcel of being the uh, grand overlord of a whole world. Because you never really know what you're doing. But <laughs> um, I was kind of... you. And then there are achievements built into Game Center. So like, hey, you survived 10 nights. Or, hey, you built your first oil refinery. That's a guess. I, but, you know, hey, there's... Like, <laughs> There'll probably be some oil like, Wow, sometimes. you've gotten pretty yeah. far in this game. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oil refinery, forbidden lands. Uh, but still, it's like, okay, I mean, if I survive the night and those pesky wolves, does that is that good? I mean, I guess that's good. But um, I didn't feel like, was I surviving more with like less health being lost mm. to those pesky wolves or... Um, if people are joining me, is that good? If people wanting to join the village, I guess that's pretty good and will work for food. Um, yeah, I just didn't get the sense of like, oh yeah, okay, I'm on the right right path or the right road that I have laid. Right. Yeah. All of my wood. I can see that. And, you know, like, yeah, I feel like am I building the right thing in the right order? Like that's the thing that kind of, got me stuck it doesn't really give you a good hint or like a recommendation of like what to build next there there are like notifications from like your villager saying we need an extra hut right or something like that every once in a while they're quite demanding it it turns out yeah (laughs) but outside of that like it doesn't really give you anything of like hey we need to build this in order to get more tools to defend ourselves and i'm like oh i don't know i really don't know what to build next um, and on top of that, I don't know about you, but like it took a really long time or it seemed like it's taking a really long time to, for them to build things. <laughs> Why aren't these villages working through the night? Why? <laughs> Let's keep on, keep on going. I've given you all the food you need. Don't be sleeping no, I by feel the like bonfire, get up. <laughs> this is where I feel like yeah. the game was kind of fighting f- with itself because you can only build during the daytime and then you have to like go into like the survival mode in the nighttime, right? So yeah. I appreciate that there's like these two paradigms that it has to like shift over, but because it only builds in the daytime and the building time was pretty slow, um, you kind of have to put those expectations on pause and then it's like shift the expectations of the nighttime and then have it go through that cycle, which is like mainly waiting, especially in the nighttime. There, I, at least in like the early game, there isn't a lot that you can really do. Um, yeah. So I felt like, yeah, those two were very conflicting and it could potentially turn off people on, you know, what they suspect is like a city building game. Yeah. Yeah. Did you manage to build some tools and uh, weapons for your wee people, the wee folk? I have village? not. 
I have not. I'll tell you how far I got. I got to day six. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And with day six, the only thing that I built was a uh, the wood logging thing. Oh, right? yeah. Where you yeah. collect the wood. I think there was like a, the first building outside of the bonfire, which I think is like the lodge or something. I forget what they call it. Here, let me open it up. Yeah, little um, hut, I think. Oh, you get to the hunting, the hunting lodge, so oh, yeah. you can get your food and your animal skins and all that stuff. And then I built the Sounds loggers like a bar camp, in Brooklyn. <laughs> so this loggers camp, well, that's true. Yes, where you can start get wood. There's some ironic, and then after that, uh, because I wanted behind the bar. <laughs> anyway, yes. Sorry, <laughs> carry on. And then after that, because I wanted more people to join my little club, mm-hmm. um, my sanctuary. Uh, I wanted uh, a hut, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, hey, come here, join the hut. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, shelter. Yeah. Is somewhere in there. And, and then, after that, uh, I think we started to get into like the, the construction, the carpenter workshop. Uh, so people can start building mm, right. crude items of wood. And I think that that's where we'd start to get into like some of the tools and stuff. But yeah, because, you know, it splits up into two cycles. Uh, I feel like I wasn't, I wasn't really making progress on either sides. Yeah. Yeah, I am on day 13. Um, oh. Yeah. But I think though that's because I mostly played this as a kind of an idle clicker. Like I was kind of let mm. it run. Um, rather than, yeah, again, this is like where you, you don't really have much guidance of like, oh, hey, should I be constantly tapping and building and deciding what people are doing and uh, forging items and building carts, or do I just kind of let it play out and let them uh, figure it out themselves? I guess that is just the manner management style of the all powerful god that you are. You get to choose. Um, all right, but yeah, I just kind of let it run and. I think I'm doing okay. But as I say, I really have no idea of yeah. should I be doing more? Am I you know, I'm making progress? Should I have skyscrapers built by now? Uh, <laughs> I'm probably still <laughs> scrabbling around in the dirt and uh, yeah. making making crude, crude swords out of wood. And in that aspect, like I do like the fishbowl nature of this game. Like I said, like you can just like have it running in the background. Yeah. Right? Especially on a phone. Um, I think... Yeah, you know, as I was like writing up some notes today, I just like left it on yeah. on the side as I was typing up notes and it was totally doable. Um, and I kind of like mm-hmm. that aspect of it. Like not very many games allows you to be that casual about it. <laughs> yes. Bonfire. Casual lands. Casual <laughs> shore. <laughs> Shall we get to the three by three, Sam? Let's get to the three by threes. Three good days and three bad nights. <laughs> With the addition of the third D and making this 3D, um, it really does look great. I've, they've made a, a great job of uh, giving you this idyllic island to which you can explore. Um, I really like this, like a perfect, it's a really good balance between detail and cartooniness mm-hmm. and, and realism, um, where you can go, yeah, this is, you know, it's not too severe and austere to look at, uh, but at the same right. time, you're like, oh, yeah, look, I've. These little workshops, this little fishing lodge that I built. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah, the choices that they made to how much they bring into 3D versus how much they keep 2D, 
was, I think, a really smart choice. You know, it being on a mobile phone, like, it's not necessary for the trees to all be completely in 3D. Right. So they're just, like, 2D sort of cutouts uh, that's being, like, billboarded around so you don't, you know, it doesn't have to be all rendered in 3D and take up that much visual memory. Um, But with that isometric view, I think what it also benefits is that it doesn't need much explanation that it's a city-building game, right? Like, once you take a look at it and... You know, if you're familiar with other city building games, you can get a pretty good sense of like what this game is going to be about just by looking at it, which I think is really good. My second good point, um, I really like the mix that this was kind of an, an opt-in micromanaging game, meaning like it's it's you can keep it idle, right? So have it sort of running in the background, have being like a little bit more casual about it, and only when you really want to or need to, you can really tap into it. Um, and, you know, change some stuff around like, oh, this person needs a little bit more rest. Let me put this person in the, the hut other than the person who is well-fed and groomed. Oh, right? lazy him Vivek. Out. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> You're sleeping again. Get out. Yeah, so I really like that aspect. It allowed me to, you know, kind of like just not be so worried about the choices that I'm making. Um, and I think it's very difficult to have that balance there. Um, and I think this one kind of gets it right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a super deep game as well. Like we've we've been playing it for a week, and it feels like I've only scratched the surface of it. Um, yeah, I've seen a few screen grabs uh, on that internet, and right. you know you can see people. Cities like, can built, be big. Yeah, they've like taken over little islands next door. They forged that river uh, that seems to be running either side. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to do if you want to build your city, right? And start charting those shores. Mm. Make it a charted shore. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like much in the same way, you know. Um, I feel like you can tap into anything, and it'll probably it'll like give you more information about like what those things are. Like you can tap into each person, read about their personalities, like how they are armed you know, what type of tools they have. I don't know if down the line, like this is going to be too much to like manage or if there's going to be an, an, a system yeah, where right. it seems, how that's that going to be easier to manage. Right. Like, much how like does that scale? managing people. <laughs> <laughs> Once you have more than, you know, eight or 10 direct reports, it just doesn't scale. It doesn't scale. You have to think about solutions. Right. You know, you need, you mid- need to th- middle management. <laughs> exactly. Bonfire, middle management. <laughs> It's the app that will manage your app. <laughs> right. Um, those are the good points for me. You want to go down to the bad? You want to get onto the bad points, uh, Edwin? Onto the bad points. Um, I'm going to go with, like, although it looks great, uh, the UI is very small and fiddly. I think there's like a lot of things you can tap on. There's like a lot of little tiny icons, uh, which I only realized later on that, oh, wait, you can tap those and you can bring stuff up. And so while it is pretty deep, it is often confusing around like all what, what can you do and like what should you be doing. Um, and often, like especially when you build up your village and there's, you know, 10, 10 or so people, like, oh, some of them need to be upgraded. Some of them want to talk to you. Some of them are sleeping. And, like, it just becomes a very big cluster of little tiny icons and you don't really know how to deal with those or what's important and what's not. Yeah. Um, like, buildings can be upgraded. You know, it's just... Uh, 
yeah, I just kind of struggled a little bit with the UI to find out what I should be doing and how to do it. In that aspect, like I feel like it didn't really feel that comfortable on mobile. Um, right. Some of the points are a little bit too small to tap or like, I don't know That's if it's small. actually tappable. Um, you can like do, you can zoom in and all that stuff. But I feel like if you really want to get a sense of the city, like you should, you should kind of be zoomed out to like, see what, what's, what's sort of happening. Yeah. Um, placing the houses felt a little tricky because like, you know, once again, you have that like finger drift where mm-hmm. you try to place it, make it all nice and neat. Um, you know, in a lot of sim games, like placement is very important. And I, you know, kept, I kept wondering like, should I place the, the, the camping, the, the, the wooding, the loggers camp here, or should I place it like slightly more to the right? I don't know. I don't know. I'll just place it here. <laughs> you know? Wait, can they sleep next to the uh, carpenter's workshop? Will that be too noisy? Who can say? <laughs> Worst neighbors. Oh yeah. It's constantly carpentering throughout the night. Oh, they play the carpenters yeah. all night. That's what <laughs> this blast really loud. <laughs> Generally, I felt a little bit of confusion, mostly confusion um, around, wait, what am I doing? And am I doing the right thing? I think we mm. I perhaps would like to have seen uh, complexity kind of revealed a little bit more uh, slowly. Like, hey, here's a little bit more handholding in the beginning um, to kind of guide you through and go, okay. Okay, so at night you need guards, and this right. is how you assign a guard. And it didn't even say that, right? It was just <laughs> right. like, here's nighttime. Off you go, son. Uh, and like, okay, great. I need to assign a guard. Like, is there a big button that says assign guard? Like, well, no. First, you need to find where the people are, tap on them, uh, and then and then make them a guard. And then make them a gu- oh, like the bonfire has guards. Mm, that's right. Or you need to assign, but then. Oh, I don't know. It just, yeah, it really was not clear to me how to do these things that seem quite urgent because apparently your village is under attack and there's a giant bloodbath going on <laughs> and wolves are right. eating your fish. Um, so much blood in this game. <laughs> Surprising amounts of blood. Things are really pretty to look at. Things you can tap into it and all that stuff. I just don't know if the 3D aspect of this game really needed to be there. Um, yes, mm. it looks beautiful with its like mix of like 3D and 2D. But did I really need to spin stuff around so I can see the other angle of the house? Like, do I really need this isometric view to be truly 3D so I can, like, see what's behind those trees or anything? (laughs) I don't know. Like, I feel like I struggled sometimes with moving around on the views. And it sometimes did, like, the the shift, the tilt shift where I kind of looked more top down rather than, like, more side view. And then sometimes it zoomed in rather than doing that. Um, and I felt like, is this necessary? Like, can't is, can't this just be like a a quasi three D game where like things are just set isometrically, where you know things are just set in ways that I can just comfortably build and comfortably configure people uh, a little bit easier, rather than having things be three D, where you know your tap might collide into the house rather than the person because the person's behind the house, stuff like that, right? I feel like that kind of got in the way. Uh, I think also it is a little slow. Like in addition to being confusing and maybe not telling you what's uh, or at least guiding you for the first part, it's also pretty slow, as you say. Like you, you're up to day six, and you're like, okay, I built some huts. I mean, of course, Rome was not built in a day, but uh, something should have been built in sixteen days. 
Um, and so, uh, yeah, it is a little slow. I, f- I can certainly imagine people maybe kind of fading off um, just because, yeah, you think like an hour or two into the game and you're like, well, cool, I can survive the night, but I've still got just some little huts and uh, and a room that displays the carpenters really loudly and a little fishing lodge. Right. And that's about it. <laughs> There's a tantalizing road uh, button, but I could never figure out how to get the road to be built. Like it just. Oh my goodness! Yeah, know, you, you want those roads, roads, don't yeah. you? No, <laughs> I haven't gone there yet. Yeah, uh, the road. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. I felt like I w- I did a lot of waiting in this game. Even if I put it in, you know, they give you the options to like have three different speeds: normal that's speed, yeah, that's the fast, fast and yeah. pause. Yeah. But even on fast, I feel like I was waiting a whole lot. I wish there was a mode where. It would be like, okay, until the next interesting thing happens, let's just skip forward to that part. Which I think might yeah. be like very difficult to program, right? Like it's like how do you how do you find the time at which these things will collide, right? I didn't really see much difference between the Bonfire One and Bonfire Two. It felt very similar. It's like, oh yeah, okay, I've got this like I remember like, oh yeah, I had to build carts for the villagers to carry wood. It's like, yep, okay, I've, that sounds familiar. Like, oh I'm doing this again. Mm. Okay, like it's in three D now, but yeah. I don't know, I perhaps would have liked to have seen a little bit more difference. Like perhaps they're no longer in Yoldi world, perhaps they're in the future and they're mm. building a cart out of laser beams. <laughs> that's I do like the future. aspect yeah, I do like the aspect that there is some like mysticism and supernaturalness going on. Um, the intro is kind of baffling because it it, it was talking to <laughs> yes. me about things that assumed that I knew, like something like, and then the Xeno saga came about, and I was like, "What? I have no idea." <laughs> <laughs> prayer to the old gods, and I was like, "Whoa, they should explain that a little bit, even <laughs> especially for people that are coming into this new." Um, while I did really like the the fact that there was a story uh they should have done a little <laughs> bit more to like make it for for new users because <laughs> I, I i totally forgot about like what happened in the first one right what happened to the bonfire did they taste yeah. their marshmallows all the rest of it <laughs> important questions sam what is your final seven day rating for a bonfire colon uncharted shore Five out of seven days, but the five out of seven days is a very intriguing five out of seven days. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to keep this on my phone to continue to play it every, every chance, you know, I get a little time to, to idle like a few days forward in the game. Yeah. How about you, Edwin? Yeah, I'm also going to give it a five, but I'm perhaps done with it. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, it was intriguing. I think if you ha- maybe if you have not played Bonfire One, uh, check it out. It's I don't think there's that much, at least for the first few hours of gameplay, um, to really differentiate it from the Bonfire One. So yeah, if you haven't played it, definitely check it out. Uh, but just the addition of 3D uh, wasn't really enough to keep me coming back to chart more shores. Yeah, there definitely seems to be a lot more attention put into this, which is always great. Um, but at the same time, you kind of long for that a little bit more simplified experience that makes it snappier and more enjoyable to control. But overall, like, you know, I think you should definitely check out this game. Well, Sam, that was your choice. So it falls to me to pick the next game. And Sam, mm. you have seven days to play Kitty Letter. Oh, boy. <laughs> That is the sound of excitement, listeners, in case you're wondering. 
Okay. Tell me about Kitty Letter. <laughs> uh, if you are familiar with the Oatmeal comic, um, Matthew Inman, I think his name is, that is just going off the top of my head. Uh, but he's, um, yeah, interesting guy. He's done some board games, Exploding Kittens, uh, you may know. This is his first foray into online games, particularly mm. mobile games. Uh, and Kitty Letter, I am saying letter l-e-t-t-e-r right not kitty glitter nice little pun yeah good you know me i love a kind of bad pun that is catnip to me um <laughs> he is here with uh his first mobile game kitty letter oh okay yeah mm. it's the you said oatmeal and you said exploding kittens and i i just couldn't like put those things together until i actually saw the artwork the artwork is instantly recognizable uh, for those that might know, in in uh, many memes and internet uh, images that have been passed around on either like your Facebook or, or Instagram feeds, yes, uh, you'll definitely know this person and this artwork. Um, cool. Okay, it's words with enemies, Sam. A word game from the creators of Exploding Kittens. That's what I just told you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Before we go, do you have a thing of the week? Sam, I have discovered the wonderful YouTube movie genre of people walking around with a steady cam in their city and then putting it on YouTube. Mm. I feel like a fool. Like this, I should have known about this sooner because this is so my jam. Uh, I am obsessed. I've watched several days worth of these videos this week because it's just so soothing. Do you watch them or do you just keep it on? A little of both. I like to have it on. It's kind of like a little screensaver sometimes. Like it's uh, yeah. like the fancy Apple TV screensavers. Um, right. But then you kind of start watching and then I find myself watching it for a few minutes. So it's a combination of both. It's a little bit like wallpaper, but interesting wallpaper. Right. It's kind of like a virtual experience as well, right? Like you're, you kind of place yourself in the shoes of this person as the person is walking around in different cities and stuff. Yeah, so there's a bunch of people doing it. Um, I think there's a guy in Tokyo who I think is my favorite so far because um, he has some nice gear. He has a steady cam. Some of the people don't have, uh, mm. so you don't have this, this the steady cam. So you get a little bit of the up and down bobbing, the wobble wobble, yeah, right. which can be on a big screen as well, a little distracting. Um, yeah, but yeah, the channel I really like is Rambalak. Uh, links in show notes, mm. of course. Uh, but yeah, this this guy basically takes his steady cam out for <laughs> takes his steady cam out for a walk for an hour or so around all the different um, neighborhoods in Japan. He's got ones when it's snowing, one where it's night, when it's mm. raining. He goes to a forest. Oh my gosh, there's so much good stuff, and it's just. Uh, I mean, it's the closest I'm going to get to travel for the next next year at least. So that's true. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's it's so sad. soothing. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, yeah I can totally <laughs> see the appeal of it. It's nice and calming. There's quite a poignant one, actually, of someone walking around New York City like the week before uh, the pandemic went completely crazy and global. So oh, there's like wow. one like, pre-pandemic New York City where so yeah, someone walks around at sort of midnight in Times Square. Everyone's giving like actual high fives and stuff. <laughs> and there's hugging and kissing all over the place. Yep. <laughs> I, mean, I know that was my life before. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah i'll, I'll uh, drop some links to my favorites uh it is fantastic and it's so soothing somehow it just hits that relaxing point relaxing part of my brain that just makes you ah 
Yeah, so I'm nice. sure. Yeah. I'm sure like the audio is pretty decent as well. Where, right, like, that's you the hear best the city thing. Sounds, yeah, it's like, and yeah, yeah. For Rambalak, he's very explicit. Of, like, there's no talking. He doesn't do any commentary, or it's not a vlog. It is just kind of almost ASMR in a way. Of just you mm-hmm. know, you get little snatches of conversations. I'm working on my Japanese. That's what course. I'm. That's what I'm. <laughs> you know? That's what I'm appreciating about like YouTube these days. Like I, I'm more and more. I'm appreciating the channels without commentary. Like, even if it's a game that I'm kind of interested in playing, like, I don't want to hear the person reacting or talking about the game. Like, I just want to, you know, just shut it and then just, like, just show the game, right? That's what I'm interested (laughs) in. Or if it's, like, a person fixing something, you know? Like, I don't want to hear, like, what you did. Just show and maybe, like, in captions, explain what you're doing. Um, so if I opt in to like read about it, like maybe I'll read about it. But the closed captioning on YouTube is pretty good. If you want to it is that. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Uh, so yeah, uh, Rambalak YouTube channel, check it out. My thing of the week, Edwin is something that I've been, it's an app that I probably use daily and for a while now, especially since the start of pandemic as a form of entertainment. Gmail. It is TikTok. And I don't think we've... Okay addressed it and i think it's time because it has filled a part of my days with entertainment and joy and silliness um that is inescapable now yeah i am a i am a purveyor of tiktok i enjoy the videos it's like you know what it reminds me of you know late at night i don't know if you've ever had this experience where you're a bachelor you just like scan through your tv channels looking for something interesting. You get bits of infomercial, you get bits of doc, like a documentary, you get bits of a comedy. Think about that experience condensed in like a much shorter time frame with the best parts of each thing, right? So you scan through, you get that infomercial in less than 60 seconds of like what it does and how good it is. You're like, oh, that's awesome. That's interesting. And then you get that little tidbit of a comedy show that you like uh, that's super funny and you're like oh okay that was really funny you know <laughs> <laughs> you get that little tidbit of something informational that you never knew um, that actually is like oh yes that's actually quite informative why thank you sir you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then you go on and it's just like uh, it can it can fill in five minutes of your spare time or it can fill in one hour of your spare time <laughs> who can say I don't recommend who can say it? yeah <laughs> But uh, Instagram stories don't don't fill that same same niche for you. Not really. Mm. I mean, it's so Instagram stories is great to catch up with what your friends are doing. But at the same time, like if your friends are not that interesting, <laughs> <laughs> guilty. Or don't post you're that much gonna, on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> then you know you're not going to have like a really entertaining feed. Like it's just great to like catch up on them. But a lot of times. He's like, oh, it's just all the brands I follow. They're following. I'm the, I've got their stories. I'm like, oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Skip. I don't want to see like a 30 story, like a 30 frame story of how you're making your jambalaya. Right. Mm-hmm. I appreciate like, mm-hmm. great that you're making jambalaya. You know, if you're really good at making jambalaya, like I'll probably see through it, but. Right. Can you bring me some? That'd be nice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but like at the same time, like, is this the best jambalaya? Are you, are you making it like, 
explain, you know, is this person really explaining the different steps of making the jambalaya? Like, I'm interested. And I feel like TikTok kind of handles that a little bit better, right? With either chefs or with people that actually cook a lot, right? So I don't know. It's different. Does a better job of surfacing interesting content from people you don't necessarily follow or know. Right. Maybe that'll be a good challenge. Maybe I shall try TikTok. Try TikTok. Um, You you know, I think, yeah, try it out. Just see if there are any interesting... And if there's any funny videos that you might just like share the link. Hmm. See if it tickles my talk. Okay. (laughs) Gross. And that is our show. Sam, you have seven days to play Kitty Letter. Kitty Letter. Do you think he came up with a pun first and then decided to develop the game or develop the game first and then uh, found a good good pun? Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, that's always the, the thing, isn't it? It's like... I do feel like this person has a thing about thing. cats, though. Mm, that's true. He does love. He does love a kitty, exploding yeah. or with letters. Right. Well, or very sad, sappy stories of them, <laughs> which he's popular for. We'll come back next week to find out how we get on with Kitty Letter. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Seven Days to Play. Listen to us on Spotify at Seven Days to Play. Seven Days to Play. Seven days to play.